So thank you for joining uh, our next episode of the Clear Cruise podcast. And we are joined by three people who know an awful lot about the premium and luxury sector, whether it's in travel in general or cruise specifically. So um, so a big welcome uh, to James Cole, to Lynn Narraway and Holly Ray Braid. A good, good, good day to you all. Good day, Andy. Hmm. Um, Holly, let's start with you because, of course, you... Your Aspire magazine covers all areas of luxury premium, that end of the market. So how has it changed and developed over the past few years? Yeah, I think it's changed tremendously over the past five, ten years. Um, particularly in the last five years, we've seen a lot of transformation in the luxury sector. Um, and as such, we've changed how we've written about luxury over the years. I think five years ago, we probably would have written, you know, if we were writing about a nice hotel, it would all have been about the gold taps and more materialistic items and we've moved but far beyond that now the design elements are still important but it's it's more than that people want an experience and and I think across the sector everyone has responded to that um, that move and that feeling that the consumer wants to walk away from their holiday feeling more lifted transformed and to feel better about where they've been that they've had an impact and that their money has been particularly well spent um so i think the industry as a whole is, has transformed and, and people are having to step up their game more and more it's no longer good enough to have a beautiful yacht or a beautiful ship or a beautiful hotel you have to you have to work a bit harder these days you know the, the luxury consumer i'd say is more demanding than ever and they have sort of higher expectations than ever so I think as such the industry has changed and evolved and people want more they need more and they then they, they they deserve more they feel that you know when they're spending a lot of money um, and as part of that we've also seen sort of particular sectors within luxury develop one of those would be luxury adventure I mean a lot of people uh, in sort of affluent travelers may not be there yet when it comes to adventure but we're seeing brands sort of step it up and and, and get people more sort of aware of what they can do from a, from a, a, an adventure point of view so that's a, a sort of an exciting part of the luxury sector that's evolving now I would say and, and that's something that we'll probably see more of in the future um, but I think as a whole the industry is continually evolving um, and it's all reflective of the consumer mindset so we, we kind of have to be ahead of the curve and, and responding to what they're wanting and needing. I think, I, sorry. Go on, okay. go I think the luxury traveller, I think Holly's right, they're looking for that once in a lifetime experience and whether that's a private island or a tiny yacht harbour or a, you know, access to an exclusive cultural event or a, you know, a late night concert at um, Ephesus. I think most are looking for those um, experiential sort of satisfactions rather than ownership and status. I think that has changed dramatically over the last five years. And I think um, from the luxury cruise um, point of view, the, the destination and the land element are now just as important as the ship itself. So, you know, as a brand at, at Seaborn, we've had to combine the, the overall um, ship experience with this amazing um, land element as well and, and that has certainly changed um, very much over the last five years but I think generally the luxury sector's shown a very strong performance over the last five years and probably a more resilient mm. um, booking curve which is which is good in these difficult times. Sorry Holly, one of the things that um, key things that have changed over the last five years for me is, is choice 
as well. Um, you know, in, especially in cruise, you know, gone are the days where if you were going on a luxury cruise, you had to wear a dinner jacket every evening and uh, it was perhaps a little bit stuffy on board. You know, now the, the choice is unbelievable, whether you're looking for an informal cruise or you're looking for speciality dining from all over the world or indeed dining that matches the destination that you're going to. Uh, and as Holly and Lynn have both mentioned, you know, the immersion in the actual uh, destinations that you're going to. Um, you know, I, th I think choice would be a, a word that I would use that has, has really uh, changed and developed over the last uh, five years. I think the success of, of luxury, if we're going back to what Lynn has said, I think the success of, of what brands in, in the luxury sector have done is shown and, and emphasised by the fact that so many brands now want to be considered as luxury. And that's something that we've probably seen more of in the last five years. And that's why, you know, James and, and uh, travel agents are, are so important because consumers it's, it's quite a difficult uh, sort of area to navigate now everyone kind of can uses the word luxury and it means something different to every to everyone but you know an agent knowledge is is crucial at this time to actually show you know that is a true luxury brand and that's why you should be booking that if you are that affluent consumer so i think the waters have become a bit muddied over the past um few years as well and, and i think that's where, that's where the personalized service comes in from the the travel agent or the tour operator, doesn't it? That, um, you know, it's the difference between being catered to and being truly cared for. And I think it all starts with the, the, the travel advisor and um, the fact that they need to know their guests and clients and, and, and take them through that whole journey from the, the planning through the booking to the delivery and then the welcome home at the end. So I think you're right. I think although the word luxury does mean different things to different um, people, it's still very important to everybody. And that's, that's where the personalization um, is, is so important, I think. And Andy, just before you come in, I know you- No, I, I can't get a word in edgeways. It's marvelous. Makes <laughs> a change. <laughs> I think it's a great point that uh, Holly and uh, Lynn are making and, and you know that was a decision we made when we launched Panache Cruises because of course most things are going online and it's about online bookings and it's about efficiency and it's about keeping costs low. You know we, we've gone the opposite way at Panache Cruises which is to encourage people to speak to us, to encourage people to spend more time with our connoisseurs so we can get to know them and we can personalize things and we can spend as much time as we possibly can do to make that cruise absolutely perfect for them and the only way we can do that is to speak to people understand them and you know go through each step of their holiday to make sure it's it's spot on for them so completely agree uh, from from a panache cruises point of view what what lynn and holly are saying and, and, i think I think, James, um, I don't know, you know, when you set up your new business, but I think we talked about this, that the, you know, importance of language, especially for the luxury traveller. Um, you know, we, we use ocean front suites rather than sea view staterooms because we believe that the luxury traveller needs to be spoken to in the language that they understand from their stays in luxury hotels. And um, so I think, you know, I think that's just something that's really important in the luxury sector. If we're going to get more luxury travellers 
to look at cruise generally, ultra luxury cruise, luxury cruise, then we need to address them in a way that they they understand um, because we know they're still going to have the perceptions that we have generally in our industry. So um, I think that's important. Thank you. Right, look at that. I can get a question in and everything. So um, it's always good. You can tell passionate people who, who like to talk about a sector. So um, we're we're thrilled that you're you're so passionate about it. Let me let me ask a question, uh, Evelyn. Let's start with you around um, uh, the language. You, you mentioned language there, but let, but does that mean that you're talking less about the ship experience and more about the destination experience? Is one is that one of the changes that you're, you're, you've made? Do you think? I think I think it's a, a combination of, of both. Because at the end of the day, we are a hotel at sea. I mean, I believe that we are ahead in our industry of many of the um, of the of the hotels in because we offer this total service you know in in many cases one member of of staff to every guest you know and the way that the guests are um treated on board and the staff are so in, intuitive and almost clairvoyant um and and you know many of the ultra luxury brands are using a hotel designers these days for to design their ships so and and we're working with many partnerships like Moulton Brown, Elemis, you know, Sir Tim Rice, UNESCO. So that together with the language is important. It's the is the total um, experience that's that's important. And, and do those brand uh, affiliations make a difference? Do you think? Do you think it sets a sets a tone, if you like, for the, for your brand of Seaborn? Yeah, I think it helps, and I think it helps the luxury traveller be introduced to, say, the Seaborn brand that they may not know, but they do know some of these other brands. And you know, having UNESCO is a is a is a marvelous way of 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 our guests um, experiencing UNESCO uh, World Heritage sites, but but behind the scenes, so doing things that the normal uh, traveller might not be able to do. So yeah, I definitely think it, it, it enhances the brand. It's not purely the brand, but it's a part of the of the total experience. And James, during your selling process, do you talk about those brand affiliations? Yeah, sure, Andy. I think they're, they're really important because they, they underline the quality of uh, the cruise product these days and, and also the innovation in, in the sector, which in my view, you know, lead, leads the way in travel and has done and will continue to do so over, you know, the next uh, 10, 15, 20 years. So, you know, an, an innovation in a cruise is really important. And that's one of the messages that we try to get across to our customers and whether it's the onboard product or uh, the um, on land product, you know, it's, it's just moving forward at, at such a rate. Um, you know the, the people people want more these days don't they they want uh, value for money but they want more they want more personalized service more flexibility more destinations and cruise just gives uh, all of that and, and huge value for money as well so um, you know I, I think it's important to get these messages across to customers absolutely uh, Lynn you, you 
been in the cruise industry a while. Um, are we are, are we known for our innovation in this sector? And also, is, is innovation and change something that your guests like and enjoy? Do you think? Um, I think yeah. I think our industry, the cruise industry, is hugely innovative. And and you know, if you look how how ships have evolved over the last twenty years, you know, there's no comparison between between what a a ship actually looks like from the outside now to what uh, sorry 20 years ago to what it looks like now you know and now it's all balconies and so much innovation um, on board but but it's also um, you know it's a reflection of of the consumer and, and their emotions and aspirations and passions and what they want to to see from from a holiday so we've we've had to evolve and change and and each brand within our industry has done an amazing job because they're all so different so there is a brand a cruise brand for every type of luxury um traveler and it's it's important that our travel advisors are putting the right guests onto the right um uh, uh, brand um but you know, we we always say that the luxury traveller is looking for access to places, spaces, and faces, and I think that's that's really the personalisation, the exclusivity, um, and having this experience that's almost bespoke for them. And I think our, that's what our industry does, oftentimes better than some of the other parts of the travel industry. So yeah, we're very proud about that part of the industry. Uh, we spoke about choice before. Um, Holly, is, do, do you think that choice uh, for travel agents in terms of where they book their customers or what they offer to their customers, do you think that choice and that range of choices that uh, travel agents have is one of the reasons why Aspire has grown over the past sort of five or so years because of the information that it has within it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, we have to step up and make sure that we're delivering new content and showing the emerging destinations, the new brands that are coming out, you know, there's always something happening, there's always something changing. And we have to be showing agents, you know, what's available to them and what's available to their clients. Um, so yeah, Aspire kind of acts as a community, really, we try to not just have the magazine where we educate people, we try to act more as a as a, as a go-to where people know they can come to us if they might need contact people and, you know, information for someone. We tried, it's all about uniting people. At, at, you know, that's something that's so important in the travel industry. Um, but this, as the sector grows, you know, so does our role and so does what we need to do and what we need to deliver to our readers. And are, and are all of your agents switched on to cruise? No, yeah, absolutely not. I mean, there's a huge opportunity when it comes to cruise from an Aspire agent point of view. And we ask our readers every three months what they want to see us do when it comes to content and consistently cruise scores very highly on things that they want to learn more about because they just don't feel that they know enough of it uh, yet um, and they kind of are a bit nervous about it still there's still it's still a, a market which I think has huge potential and as such we've always worked hard to step up our cruise content traditionally our December edition has always been cruise themed but throughout the year we have cruise content as well so I think there's a big opportunity I don't think uh, all of my readers yet understand the opportunity that it provides them from a commercial uh, perspective, from uh, a revenue perspective, and just for, you know getting a new product in front of their clients. So it's something that we work hard to educate them on, and with the help of the likes of Clear and and the cruise lines, we work very closely to try and develop that that expertise amongst our readers. 
Um, and James, you clearly saw um, an area of the market for your new business. Was it always going to be the top end for you? Yeah, I just think that, you know, luxury continues to evolve and it continues to develop, to develop and it's exciting and, you know, everyone wants a slice of the luxury sector. So uh, it's, a nice, it's a nice sector to be involved in. You know, you can't complain, can you? James. <laughs> That's all right. It's a, that's okay, Holly. I thought that was a great. Holly's obviously involved in your business in some way, shape, or form. We were trying to keep that quiet. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think you know when you when you go into business, you have to think about the, the longer term uh, opportunity, don't you? Um, you know, not what's happening now, uh, but what's going to be happening in five, ten, or fifteen years. And quite clearly, uh, the luxury market is is destined to grow even further even become even more innovative and you know more ships will come online so our fo our focus on luxury um was, was quite obvious for us um you know we, we want to speak to customers uh, our whole business is customer centric so we want to provide that uh, personalized customer service we don't hide behind uh, the phone you know we're we have an omni-channel approach. So if somebody wants to contact us by replying to an email or sending us a message on Facebook or on WhatsApp, then that, that's great for us, you know. So um, yeah, ab absolutely. We, we, we wanted to focus on luxury. We see a massive opportunity uh, in luxury and, you know, we're, we're quite bullish about the, the sector uh, moving forward, uh, despite obviously the uh, ongoing issues that we face in the short term. I think the communication and um, personal touches are key, um, especially at this time. So I think, you know, there will be a need to regain the trust and confidence of, of all travellers, not just luxury travellers. And I think the fact that um, the consumer hasn't, hasn't cruised this year, or in fact probably been on a holiday this year, is an opportunity for the, for the travel industry and our industry in the you know well mrs smith you didn't you didn't go on holiday this year have you thought about you know next year doing two cruises back to back or a combination or a cruise and stay so um you know maybe there is an opportunity there for people who are just so desperate to travel next year because they haven't been able to do so this year you know me myself being one of them i just can't wait to um, start tra traveling again. Absolutely. Um, I want to go back to a point Holly made right at the very beginning when you were talking about some of the trends that you'd seen and one of those was luxury adventure. Presumably Lynn there's, there's some luxury adventure um, in the DNA of cruise but specifically within Seaborne as well. Yeah I, th I think that's interesting because we have seen you know, a huge in, in, increase in expedition cruising over the past um, year or so. And there are, well, you'll know better than me, Andy, how many new expedition ships there are mm. coming in the next few years. I mean, we've got two at um, Seabourn. Um, we've got the Seabourn Venture, which debuts in December 2021, which is um, obviously a little bit delayed, but she'll be here in December. And it's really a new era of expedition cruisers. Um, it's really designed for those who've got this appetite for unique experiences in 
you know, which is also matched by the ultra luxury experience. So it gives them the opportunity to keep that up, that ultra luxury experience, but they're going to these amazing destinations like Antarctica or the Arctic. And, um, you know, our, our new ships, um, PC6 Polar Class, and, you know, she's got 24 Zodiacs and kayaks, and she's got two custom built six seater submarines with champagne coolers on board uh um and everything you know is is um designed and um created with the with the environment in 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 mind as well these days so you're seeing these expedition ships being built in a very different way to the the way they were um years ago uh, which is which is also really important um going forward yeah and, and james are you seeing similar demand for people for these kind of off the beaten track destinations as well yeah absolutely andy i mean you know padash cruises we, we purposely specialize in elite ocean river expedition and yacht style cruising so two of those categories expedition you know what expedition cruising as we as we know it now didn't exist five years ago uh, and yacht style cruising the likes of um crystal esprit uh, scenic eclipse emerald azure you know they didn't exist five years ago either so you know th there's different categories of cruising appearing um, ne never mind you know what's happening on board you know the, the cruise industry is just so innovative and and pushing forward all the time and, and is that really customer-led? Are customers asking to go to some of these exotic places? Yeah, I, I mean, personally, I, I've always seen it as, as supply-led, the cruise industry. I think the cruise line is, is innovative, understanding what customers are likely to want moving forward and provides that product, and then customers uh, fit into that. So, you know, for example, who'd have imagined... 10 or 15 years ago that we'd be sending thousands of people a year to Antarctica on, on cruises. I'm not sure customers would have necessarily imagined that. Well, the cruise lines have been fantastically innovative, a great onboard product, great experience, a, a fantastic val value, and it attracts customers to it. But we also need the travel advisors to be a part of that um, process. So we need them to become you know, maybe more sophisticated in, in the way they're communicating with their clients, their, their consumers and targeting them and actually advising them on this, this new way of um, luxury adventure, as, as Holly calls it. I think it's, you know, important that the travel advisors are, are listening to their clients, advising, um, understand what sort of holidays they like where they are in their life journey um, the destinations they haven't yet been to so I think there's a huge opportunity to move some of those luxury travelers into the into the cruise industry and Holly you how much time do you spend talking about some of these amazing destinations or how much of it is specifically on the product I think it's a mixture of both and we always try to merge them and showcase them alongside each other just because it makes the agent's job easier I believe that if they can sell it you know in one where you're talking about the destination the product should naturally fit in and I think that's also reflective of what's happening from a supplier point of view more and more of the suppliers 
are focusing on the destination around them and highlighting or doing work, you know, sustainability work around them or, or showcasing, you know, local communities and local experiences. So it ends up being part of the story anyway, quite naturally. So, you know, it is a, a, a bit of a balancing act to get both sides across, but they, they go hand in hand really. And, and more so than ever, I think that that's coming to the forefront where people want to know you know what they're going to get from a local community i mean you never want a client to go to a hotel or go on a on a cruise or whatever it might be and say I, you know i love the product but i hated the place that it was in mm-hmm. it's not, it just doesn't work and they won't go back so they they have to come together and they have to work alongside each other but luxury luxury it's it doesn't always mean actual luxury does it it might be a a remote a very remote hard to get to um destination so the luxury is is the access to that destination rather than than the than the the luxury that we all think of so i think it's very much being about the 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 guest about the consumer and and what luxury actually means to them yeah that's a that's a really good point actually lynn uh, let's, let's, uh, I'm aware that we're running out of time, so I'm going to put you all on the spot and talk about 2021. Let's, you know, we, we have to get through the current crisis, of course, but let's talk about 2021 and be positive about it. In terms of hot destinations, what's going to be hot in 2021 from a luxury perspective? And we'll start with you, Holly, because you write about this stuff all the time, so you'll, you'll have a, a load of destinations that are looking hot for next year. Well, the thing that we're seeing from our agents, you know, we've just put our latest edition to bed. It comes out uh, later this week, but um, we are seeing, we asked them, you know, what their, what their clients are wanting, what they're booking, what they're looking ahead to. And the main thing that came out is that I uh, was going back to what Lynn just said, actually, the idea of seclusion and privacy. So I think private, anything with the private island is going to do very, very well. Anything where you can escape. Um, and, you know, that goes very nicely with this, sort of the super affluent where they, they've always wanted to escape and not to be seen. And I think that's just a natural flow isn't it and a natural fit that people will want more private villas uh, exclusive takeover of yachts we'll probably see more chartering um, so that's what we're seeing you know those off the beaten tracks we're expecting Africa to do quite well because if they you know they've managed their numbers quite well and once they do reopen and if it can all be done safely we're expecting that kind of you know off the beaten track seclusion to be really hot for next year. Thank you. Lynn. I think I'm. I mean, I think there's certainly an underlying demand from our guests to travel. You know, many of them just can't wait to be uh, traveling again um, next year. And I think um, the fact that they can travel on a, on a small ultra luxury ship to destinations, small ports that um, you know some of the larger ships can't get into is is going to be really important really important i mean we are seeing still very strong bookings in europe next year and alaska um the the baltics doing really well and we're also seeing you know good growth for south america antarctica and and asia for for next year so 21 22 right. so um i think you know i think we're a very resilient industry and the british are adventurous they like to travel they're pioneering and um, you know, I have to believe this is temporary, and and um, it will improve. We've seen it in the past, and we just need to all be really positive and um, 
and keep communicating to within both ourselves and to to the consumer to get them to book for next year yeah absolutely well said lynn uh james what about destinations for next year yeah de destinations for next year i'll come on to in a second andy but we did a small survey last week of just over 400 people and only seven of those people said they weren't looking to cruise again so i think that just says and, and backs up holly and lynn that you know cruise is an exceptionally resilient market uh, and, and exceptionally resilient cruisers within that market. So we'll see people coming back in 2021. In terms of destinations, I think obviously wherever it's safe to, to cruise. Um, so, uh, and, and also people will be looking to um, book some once in a lifetime experiences. You know, 2020, uh, not many people have been able to travel successfully. Uh, so people will be, excuse the pun, pushing the boat out and looking to really do uh, an exceptional cruise next year and make up for, for 2020. So uh, perhaps looking at Antarctica, uh, Alaska, as Lynn mentioned, and, and further afield as well. I think they'll be uh, popular uh, in terms of people's, uh, people's cruises, cruising habits. Great. Well, uh, a positive message to end on. I, we will go and visit those seven people personally, James, and, and convince them that the cruise is the way forward. But uh, Holly, James, Lynn, thank you so much for joining us for our podcast. We appreciate it. Stay positive and we all look forward to travelling again next time. Uh, thank you for listening to the Clear Cruise podcast. We'll be back again soon. Thank you.